G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Abuna, when it comes to the Coptic Orthodox Church, a 2,000-year history here in Egypt, you must, uh, in the way that things are playing out uh, uh, politically, uh, with the persecution of the church, those things uh, give you a really sure foundation on which to uh, build your faith and to encourage the people today. Uh, persecution is part of our daily life. And this is the greater part of our history. The first martyr in the Coptic Church was St. Mark himself, who was uh, arrested from the church during the Easter celebration and was pulled out of the church, was uh, tied to a horse, a horse tail and so on. He was killed on that night. Um, since that time, thousands of Copts have been killed some by Christians of different faiths, some by pagans, some by, some by atheists, and some of them are fanatic. It's the fanaticism that, gets, uh, that causes a lot of difficulty. And how do you prepare people uh, to be able to face uh, some levels of fanaticism? In fact, the, the Bible prepares our people to, to face this because Jesus himself warned us that we, we will uh, confront so many, is a, a lot of uh, violence in the world. He said that I would send you as uh, sheep among wolves. Uh, this applies to our history. So a, a, a historian once said it's one of the greatest miracles to still have uh, uh, Christians in Egypt in modern times. We have been through very difficult times. However, it's normal for, for us. This doesn't mean that we enjoy being tortured, but we, we find it quite normal. A Christian should be ready to die for Jesus. We, we are ready to, to move to our eternal life. This is a, a continuous test of our faith. To die for Jesus, uh, for many in the West, where we haven't had persecution in the way that you've had, that's something that is difficult for us to even understand how we might rise and respond if we were under that sort of threat. How have you seen the courage and the, the ability of Christian believers to continue their worship, to continue their faith, even in the face of the possibility that they may well die for their faith? Uh, Copts are religious by nature, they are conservative by nature, and being under persecution, as I said, is a test of faith. So it makes you always uh, thinking about your, the, the core of your life, the, the goal of your life, why you are here, why you believe in Jesus Christ, why you don't convert to any other faith. Right? So I, I think persecution makes Christians and Christianity stronger. 
one of our uh, modern testimonies was a few years ago, the, the year before the revolution, or uh, the um, Christmas Eve of uh, 2011, when the, um, the famous uh, massacre of the Church of uh, the Two Saints happened in Alexandria. 28 Christians were killed on that night. That was six days before our uh, Coptic celebration of Christmas. A lot of people, even wise people, warned Copts not to go to, uh, to churches on that day, I mean for Christmas celebration, nativity celebration. However, that was one of our crowdest uh, services throughout uh, our history. As, you know, we... we, 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 we we experienced this even in this church. We expected a few, a few fewer people to come, but the the church was really full, with everybody waiting to be bombed at any moment, to be shot at any moment. That's good. It makes a huge statement, doesn't it? Because the idea of terrorism is that people will be afraid and that they will be disrupted in their life, disrupted in their faith. But the statement that's made is that we will not be disrupted from our faith. We will not be dismayed. We will not be feeling this level of anxiety and fear. But there is a courage and there is a determination, isn't there, in the hearts of those Coptic Christians? There is a lot of determination, of course. I, I, may, I may get worried about my family, my children, my congregation, but I... I train myself to be ready to, uh, to, to meet deaths with pleasure, but, but, but meaningful deaths, death for Jesus Christ, death for my faith. Uh, on the other hand, we enjoy our life. As Christians, we, we, should, uh, we should live abundantly. We should uh, live, uh, uh, I mean, a life of pleasure and happiness. The, the, this is not contradictory. As St. Paul said, I'm uh, if I am to live, I, will, I would live for Jesus. If I am to die, I would die for Jesus. That's what we, we, we experience every day. Our guest is Abuna Johanna. And Abuna, I'd like you to stay with us. We'll come back and talk some more in just a short while because I want to ask you about your new position as secretary to the new pope for the diaspora. Uh, in other words, uh, Coptic Christians who have been dispersed around the world. We'll talk to you about that in just a short while. We're in Egypt, in the wonderful city of Cairo, and talking with Abuna Johanna, who is a priest in the St. George's Church in Cairo. Abuna Johanna has just been appointed as a secretary to the new pope, responsible for the diaspora, or the dispersion of Egyptian Christians around the world. Uh, Abuna, when we talk about those Christian believers who've moved into different nations around the world, how big is the diaspora of Copts? Okay, le let me comment on uh, the history of my church first. I mean, we have churches in Cairo dating back to the first century or the second century. As for the, this post, or I call it ministry, I was appointed um, uh, at the end of uh, July, last July, as uh, secretary of uh, His Holiness Pope Tawadros for the diaspora. Uh, I'm the first married priest to, to do this uh, ministry. 
We have about 3 million uh, Copts living abroad. Uh, for example, we have over 230-something uh, churches uh, throughout USA. Copts are religious. Copts are related to, our, uh, to, to, to their country and to their church. We call the head of our church Pope. Pope means father. We call priests father as well. So Copts are, usu- are always re- related to their father, to their superior father, the Pope, in, in Cairo, in the headquarters of our church. Uh, n- now, uh, as, as, as a secretary, I'm re- responsible for the communications with uh, our churches abroad. If they want to arrange a visit, if they want to ask the Pope for something, if, they w- if, the, if there is a need to ordain a new um, uh, a new priest uh, to be, to buy a new church, uh, and so on. Can you describe your relationship with uh, Coptic churches in Australia at all? Um, I am new in this post, so so far my relationship with Copts in Australia is only in on the level of database. <laughs> I'm I'm receiving information. I'm reading files. I, I may have received a, f- a few emails from Copts in Australia. You know, all, all these emails are, are addressed to His Holiness Pope Tawadros. I, I try to save his time as a secretary. And by the way, he's a very organized person. He has about 20 secretaries for different specializations. Uh, I'm only one of them. Tell me about the traditions of the Coptic Church because with 2,000 years of history, it must be difficult uh, sometimes to maintain the traditions through the years and cross-culturally into all of the countries where Coptic Christians have moved. What are the special things that, that make uh, Coptic Christians hold together? What's the glue between the bricks? Uh, what are the special things that uh, you do traditionally or uh, particular faith uh, focuses that you have? Mm-hmm. Um, being Christians for for Copts means um, the life, life in general. It's not only a religious practice. So we are uh, related to the church in in all aspects of our life, right? We maybe in in different churches they. Um, they hear about the seven sacraments. May, maybe for some people they feel this is something old-fashioned or dogmatic. But for us, there are seven springs of uh, vitality. So through these uh, sacraments, we are related to the church, beginning with baptism when we become members of the church, become members of Christ's body, And the crown of uh, sacraments is the Holy Mass. The Holy Mass is uh, our most important service, most important practice. The Holy Mass is very, very popular in in all our churches. Most of our churches have have a Holy Mass every day, nearly every day. Some churches have more than one Holy Mass every day. It is uh, a very popular, uh, popular service. Uh, we believe that we get united with Christ himself during the service. It's not only a, a meeting for 
praise and prayers only. We, we get united with, with him, with our Lord. Uh, one of our early fathers said that, um, I'll try to paraphrase this because I, I know it in Arabic, not in English. It, um, he, he said that Christians hold the Eucharist and the Eucharist holds the Christians. I mean, the, the second hope means to sustain them. We have meetings for every age group, and these meetings are usually full. We have Sunday school meetings for preschool children, for primary or elementary, prep or junior, secondary, college students, for um, graduates, for seniors as the, the senior citizens or the elderly as the, like the meeting you saw uh, now in the, uh, in the morning. We have um, m- varied meetings for teachers, for um, workers, th- for those who are n- not educated, illiterate people, uh, for women. For uh, We have so many meetings. The church is busy every day. We are happy for this. And however, on our part as priests, we are struggling hard to to bring more and more Christians to the church because as although the church is full, it is still uh, maybe a, a percentage of our uh, congregation, not the whole congregation coming to church. Since the revolution, have things gotten easier to reach out and to help those uh, Coptic Christians to bond to their faith, to the church? Is it easier to reach out to the communities and to serve? What's the the hopes that you might have for the future uh, post-revolution into the coming years? In fact, after the revolution of the 25th of January, all Egyptians have been through a very difficult time. It, It is... It might be the the most difficult time I have been through as an Egyptian. I'm 43 years old. We we have never felt insecure uh, except after that, after the revolution. We are for the revolution, not against. But, you know, the police police power was attacked at that time. The, The police lost a lot of their power at that time. Uh, And, you know, when there is um, uh, unrest, like political unrest, minorities are in danger. Minorities suffer more. I said that all Egyptians suffered and still suffer, uh, but Christians suffered more. At at some times, Christians had to, like young people, thought of going to their churches to protect the church, to guard the church. Pastors asked the young people to keep home because pastors uh, want to take to, 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 to keep the young people safe. You know, it was uh, quite an emotional uh, time. Uh, at that time, we had to spend nights on the streets with our um, uh, Muslim brothers to protect our homes. Um, and they, most of them, felt... They, they tried to, uh, to, to stand with us, to uh, support us. I experienced this also with my neighbors. I, uh, the, the, at the beginning of the revolution, I was not yet ordained as a priest. I 
I tried, uh, I spent several nights on the street with my neighbors. It was a good opportunity to, to know them. And, you know, people uh, at the time of difficulty get closer and closer when you expect someone with a machine gun to come and you have just a rod of an iron rod or nothing at all to protect your children and home. Um, this year, it's, it's, it's getting better. It's getting better. What sort of security do you need to have in church meetings these days, uh, perhaps compared to times in the past where you might not have needed to be so attentive to those issues? The sort of security we depend on is the heavenly security. Nowadays, you can't guarantee your security with any, uh, any even highly trained people because we are attacked by bombers, by, by suicidal bombers. You, you, you can't prevent this. You can expect a terrorist attack anytime, anywhere. You know, even the, you know, the headquarters of the police of Cairo was attacked last year. Uh, a lot of police stations were attacked by suicidal bombers, people who are ready to die, for, to, to, to bomb themselves, to... to um, to harm others. We depend on our heavenly security. Uh, so the Lord protects his house and his people. However, we're trying to be wise. So we have, you know, you know scouts. We have, in, in this church, our uh, scouting group has more than 300 members of young people and children. We, uh, we ask them to stand inside the, uh, the, the church, the churchyard, at the gates of the church to, uh, to check the identity of strangers, to make sure there are no strangers, nothing, no bags left outside the church, no suspicious bags. Uh, we usually have one or two uh, security people, policemen outside, but we, we pity them nowadays. Over the last three years, we have so many victims um, from the police. They are attacked by the terrorists. Again, it's heavenly security. Does the church have any way that when there are victims, families who have lost loved ones, uh -huh. whether that be in the police or the government, does the Coptic Church have any way of, uh, of caring for those people? Yes, of course. You, you know, as Christians, we believe that we are members of the same body, the body of Christ. So... Um, if people outside the church practice their social solidarity, we practice our Christian solidarity. Yes, we help the poor, we help the homeless, we help the needy. Uh, this is uh, our first priority. It, it comes before building new, uh, new buildings or new schools. We, we have a lot of projects, but our first project is our people. Abuna Johanna is our guest. He is a priest in the Coptic Orthodox Church. He's also secretary to the new Pope. When it comes to the diaspora, and we'll be keeping close relationship with uh, those Copts who live around the world in so many different cultures, and of course uh, he'll be keeping in touch with those Coptic Christians in Australia. Abuna Johanna, let me encourage you that people listening to our conversation will uphold you in prayer and uh, the prayers of all Australians, no doubt, will be for you and with you as you continue to grow as a movement here in Egypt 
and uh, facing the challenges and the struggles of persecution that you do. Uh, God's richest blessing on you as uh, we part ways today, but thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you very much, and uh, I trust your prayers. And I, I would like you to give to pay a visit to your to the to the nearest Coptic church to you. Try to listen to some of our Coptic hymns, either in English, Coptic, or Arabic. Try to attend one one of our services. It will be um, a good experience for you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.